We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach. You know, as far as news goes, there's a few talking points, storylines we want to get to tonight, including the Broncos announcing the uh, bulk of the coaching staff hires. Uh, But the first thing I wanted to get your take on is the hit piece that came out over the weekend from The Athletic. Unconfirmed reports, league sources claiming that Russell Wilson, number one, before he, pardon me, before he got dealt from Seattle, uh, requested from the Seahawks, they fired GM John Schneider and head coach Pete Carroll. And then two, that Pete Carroll be replaced by the recently stepped away from the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton. So in case you guys missed that story, that's the that's the baseline here. All right, there's the foundation. The stage is set. Zach, what was your reaction to the story? I, I, first of all, I'm considering the source. And uh, the athletic piece, it was co-authored by Mike Sando. And from what I've gathered into his past, he uh, has some sort of uh, axe to grind with Russ, it seems like. So he's not the first, and it's not the first hit piece that he's written about Russell Wilson. Probably won't be the last. I also question, because so many things are fake news now, I question everything, Chad. I question why we haven't heard about this until now. Why is this breaking news all of a sudden? After the smoke clears of his first season, the Broncos do hire Sean Payton. Why are we first hearing that he wanted Pete Carroll and John Schneider out? That's another thing. Number three is, is it really that out of the ordinary for a quarterback, a high-profile quarterback who has power and sway in the organization to kind of wonder if there could be a change or or if he had any sort of ill feelings toward his coach? Is he the first quarterback to have a, uh, a budding of heads with his head coach? No, certainly not. But it's because it's Russell Wilson and he has a target on his back, that's why we're getting these hit pieces. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. And even Russ came out and acknowledged it. He said it's not true. And then he said today you have to move on, and it showed him on a beach somewhere in the ocean. So it's a non-story as far as I'm concerned. Russ said, quote, on Twitter, I love Pete, and he was a father figure to me, and John believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. 
I'll always have respect for them and love for Seattle. So that was his response to the to the hit piece. And we know that it wasn't just Zach in response to, oh, notification. There's a new story out from The Athletic. Oh, it's about me. According to The Athletic's reporting, if you actually read the article, Wilson's lawyers were involved in this, um, at least aware of the report that was about to come. But I, I don't want to devolve uh, too much our conversation. I, here's the bottom line. I think you bring up a salient point about Mike Sando and his um, questionable uh, history with Russ. But at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is a hate magnet. Why? Why is it so uh, trendy across the NFL and profitable, obviously, right? These pit pieces keep coming because they're generating clicks and they're generating subscriptions and they're moving that revenue needle for media companies. Why is he such a hate magnet? And I think, Zach, it comes down to a couple of different factors. But I want to start with Russell Wilson. He's hated because he's not understood. All right, myself, uh, you... Scott, who's uh, in the green room, we've come across a lot of people. <clears throat> we'll call them the blue, ch- the blue checkmark brigade, who are completely derisive to anyone who is a believer in, um, let's just say, God, who believes in God, and especially one who believes is a Christian and wants to put that kind of on their sleeve. That automatically makes them a, a target because they don't understand it for whatever reason. They they don't like it. They don't understand it. They attack it. Zach, you throw into that uh, equation the fact that, you know, he can be corny at times. We've talked about this. He can do things that are you kind of make you cringe once in a while. No harm, no foul. It's not like it's it's hurtful in any way, but things that are sometimes cringeful. And then on top of it, the final, the final needle, so to speak, is the fact that he orchestrated this big blockbuster trade. We know he was a big part of getting out of Seattle. He wanted out of Seattle. And then he goes to Denver, Zach, gets everything he wants, and collapse, right? So, boom, out come the Wolves. It's time, you know, a feast for crows, to, to quote George R. R. Martin from Game of Thrones. That's really what it boils down to, to me. I don't buy probably 60% of what's been said about Russell Wilson and all these hit pieces since about this time last year. Yeah, that's my thing as well. I, uh, the details that were reported in this athletic piece, a lot of it we knew already about Russ having parking spots in his own office and having a, a open-door policy. I don't believe anything that's put out in general, but certainly not when it comes from Mike Sando and the athletic who have a history now over a year of attacking Russ and you know why lawyers are getting involved and why it becomes down to legalese. At this point, when you're consistently attacking Russell Wilson's ability, his character, his acumen, it's libelous, Chad, and it's slanderous when it's written or when it's spoken. No other athlete, name one, that's as clean. I mean, never arrested, never in trouble. Deshaun Watson didn't get nearly the criticism that Russell Wilson has received. And because of what? Because he's corny, he does high knees. Because he, like you said, he stands up for his faith and his religion. Is that means to rip off the scab constantly when it's first healing? This is strategic. And you mentioned the blue checkmark brigade. This is what they do when they see a fad or when they're told what to say or what to believe. They latch onto it and they do not let go. And the only thing that will change this is Russell Wilson playing better under Sean Payton. And you know what? Just for him alone, for his own character, his own mental health, 
I hope he shuts every single person up this coming season. There's reason to believe that Russ is going to have himself a nifty little revenge tour, and we're going to get into that tonight. But we want to say hello to some uh, supporters and, and some Super Chat superstars first, including the swashbuckler himself, Gary Palmer. This is a man who goes hard, okay, and we love him. Big supporter, Mount Rushmore, Super Chat superstar. Love you, GLP. He says, hey, Broncos country, I'm skeptical about any hype after last year's debacle, but I will keep hoping. Well, you know, in a normal cycle, Zach, the hiring of Sean Payton to be coupled with a quarterback who is a nine-time Pro Bowler entering his 12th season would be accompanied, I think, by a fair, uh, you know, sized wave of hype. This time around, I'm not really feeling much hype. I'm not feeling too many people in Broncos country run into Twitter, <clears throat> pardon me, run into the comment section saying we're going to be, you know, 12 and 5 this season. And I think the reason why is everyone got traumatized from last year because that's how everyone felt last year. So I feel you, Gary, about hype, I'm skeptical as well. I think you're, you're, you have wisdom if you feel a little bit of skepticism toward the hype. But uh, I'd lean a little bit more into the hope. Just don't, you know, get too out, too far out over your skis. I think that's the prevailing feeling. Everything I've seen on social media, everything we've heard from our uh, our our viewers, Chad, is it's a hopeful optimism, a cautious optimism. You don't want to give in again. You touch the stove and it, you burns your hand. You don't want to touch the hot stove again. But there is levels to it. We're not getting on here anymore and saying bring on Kansas City or they can compete for a title you know, this season it's, we have to be more realistic. It was not the Russell Wilson we envisioned, but going from Hackett to Sean Payton, there is no mystery behind what Sean Payton brings to the table. There was a mystery with Nathaniel Hackett and I was wrong. Certainly on him. Everyone was pretty much wrong. We were all stoked on it, but you don't have to be, you know, believe it when I see it holding your breath. You can still predict a 9-10 win season. You don't got to do 13-14 wins, but it's not being a homer. It's not being overly optimistic to say this version of Russell Wilson and this version of Sean Payton can lead the Broncos back to at least a winning record. And then we'll go from there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The Duchess jumping in. We love Michaela so much. It's great to see you. Thank you for the support, Michaela. Hope you're doing well. Hope you've had a great weekend. She wants to know, what are our chances of getting a bona fide right tackle like Mike McGlinchey? Of all the... Uh, there's there's two offensive tackles, Zach, that I could see past my trauma from Juwan James and other right tackles that are in the Bronco boneyard now uh, to sink some coin into. McGlinchey's one of them. Juwan Taylor from Jacksonville's another. Do you think both those guys are fated to hit the open market? And also, of course, your answer for Michaela. There's a third that I would love, and someone who Scott's familiar with, that's Kayla McGarry, but I think Scott said he's going to get a bag this offseason from Atlanta, or he should anyway. He's a really solid, solid uh, right tackle. I wouldn't mind McGlinchey. I wouldn't mind anyone because they all be steps up from Cameron Fleming and Billy Turner and Menelik Watson and Donald Stevenson and so on and so forth. Eli Wilkinson, can they throw the bag at him? They will have the money. They'll free it up somehow. Uh, but they're going to have to make a concerted effort to ignore the allure. You know, Vance Joseph comes in and says, hey, I want an inside linebacker. I want a defensive lineman. Sean Payton has to realize, and George Payton has to realize, offensive line needs the attention first. They have neglected this position for way too long. They can finesse a salary cap. Even without draft picks or a surplus of them, they can fix the O-line in one year and getting someone like McGlinchey or Juwan Taylor, who is the poster boy of reliability. That's the guy that you want to plug you know, in front of Russell Wilson. I would be so over the moon with either of them. I would be stunned if a still in chrysalis Jacksonville Jaguars, all right? They're still in the cocoon, right? They're waiting to blossom. I mean, they scratched the surface getting to the playoffs this past season with Trevor Lawrence, but I'd be stunned if they let Juwan Taylor actually depart in free agency. That's just a guy you want to keep around for your young Q. Um, we'll see, but I'm a big fan of McGlinchey as well. Like, I would be stoked on either one of those guys. The Broncos have, when you count and factor in, the, the cap rollover from 2022, which right now, if you go to any of the cap sites like over the cap and spot rack, they don't reflect that rollover quite yet. I believe what you'll start to see that in the arithmetic as we inch a little bit closer to the new league year. But when you factor that in, they're around 20, little over 20 million in cap space before they make any cuts. The Graham Glasgow's, the potential Ronald Darby's, guys like that that could free up even more. So Broncos are going to be in better shape um, in free agency than a lot of people realize, and that might help offset, Zach, some of the uh, lack of darts to throw at the draft board. Mike, dude, thank you, bro. Throwing down some stars like a bona fide Mount Rushmore super chat superstar slash supporter that you are. You're the man, dude. You got your jersey. This is a cat that when he won, Zach, his, uh, his what was it, for January, the Facebook contest, he didn't want a rust jersey. He didn't want a, you know, Randy Gregory jersey, Sutton jersey, Judy. No, 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 no. Your boy wanted a Greg Dulcich jersey, and he got it. He got it. So don't forget to send us the, your, your selfie in your new jersey, bro. We'll vault you out there. So appreciate you, Mike. Yeah, I cannot wait to see what Dulcich and maybe even Alberto can do in a Sean Payton offense. Real quick about the offensive line, I think they will be aggressive, and they can have as much as $50 million when it's all said and done by the new league year to spend on that. 
Remember George Payton said a few months ago or whatever it was that they're going to be aggressive in free agency. Even he admitted that, and he's a guy who keeps his plans really close to his chest. The Broncos will have money to spend. We'll go out there and spend it, but they have to prioritize the right tackle. It's time. Agreed. David Kilgore, been with us a long, long time, bona fide, bona fide superstar, still one of our favorite YouTube profile picks, big dog rocking the MHH uh, gator, neck gator slash face mask. Great to see you, brother. Thank you for helping us keep the lights on here at MHH. He says, heard rumors, too, that we might be interested in wide receiver Michael Thomas and right tackle from the Saints. These are both Saints guys. Ryan Ramchick, what do you think, and do we really have a chance at those guys? I haven't looked at Michael Thomas's contract, but I know Ramchek is under is under contract. So we're talking trades. What do you have to barter? They'd have to be interested, Zach, in like a player for player type thing. Uh, I would guess for Ramchek anyway. I don't even. I'd have to think about it to to uh, hazard what Michael Thomas would even be worth in a trade. I haven't heard those rumors beyond just like media folk connecting the dots with Sean Payton. I, Michael Thomas, you know, take him or leave him. He's been injured and the Broncos pretty much have their Michael Thomas and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick for that matter. Ryan Ramchick is the tackle. They should have taken over Garrett Bowles in the 2017 draft. The thing with him, I just read that they redid his contract because annually the Saints are in salary cap hell and Mickey Loomis has to work his magic. And part of that was restructuring Ramchick's deal. So by doing that, I don't know how tradable he really is, though. I'd love to have him. The slant God, as he is known amongst NFL front offices, uh, Michael Thomas. We'll see. I haven't I haven't seen anything to echo Zach. I haven't seen anything um, material on that other than just you know off season run of the mill speculation. Yeah. So if we ever see something that there's actually some there there a bona fide you know report, then yeah. I'm happy to go down that rabbit hole a little bit farther. Uh, David McElrath, what's up, big dog? Great to see you. Appreciate you. Uh, he says, good evening, Broncos country, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. He agrees with Gary Palmer as far as careful of getting too hyped up over the, the new additions and the new coaching staff. But he he closes with hashtag Buckham, MHH for life, Denver Bronx for life. Great to see you, David. Love you, big dog. The Papa Bear, as he is uh, as he is known. I almost forgot to mention that, David. How How dare I? Um, F.A., yo, top rope, super chat. Thank you, F.A. Like uh, the ultimate warrior of old, coming off the top rope, kaboom, on Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania. That's where my wrestling um, Rolodex ends. I remember watching that in, like, fourth grade, that particular WrestleMania where Hulk Hogan battled the ultimate warrior, and then I I know nothing more. Uh, F.A., though, bro, thank you. He says, hello, boys. Hope your weekend was great. I know I'm late, but... I will give the Sean Payton hires a chance, including Vance Joseph. If we can get Nathaniel Hackett's coaches a chance and no one had experience, I'm willing to let this shake out. Maybe we get another Azuro Evero. He was unheard of. Yeah, true. You know, I'm, I, as you guys have, I, I was like a little bit mystified by the VJ hire, mostly just because why do you want to bring that drama? potential drama and storyline, a distraction to Denver as an assistant under Peyton. But Zach, you and I, this is one of those topics we don't perfectly share a brain on. I know you hated the Vance Joseph thing. I'm kind of ambivalent to it. I'm like, hey, they got to hire someone to run the defense. BJ, whatever. 
I just still question why VJ and not Chris Richard or Sean Desai. I, I felt like they were better suited for what the Broncos have right now, but uh, that'll come out in the wash. Yeah, the, the thing with the expectations and uh, the coaching staff, pretty much VJ is the only hire they made that I'm not that I'm not crazy about. I, I like the mix of experience, getting someone like Greg Minuski, a former defensive coordinator, along four time, like you mentioned, as your positional coach, coaching linebackers. That's a get. You also have young guys on the roster like Zach Streif and Logan Kilgore. It's a nice blend. But the good thing is what we have to fall back on, what we anchor our hope to is that Sean Payton is the head coach. And as long as he is, the Broncos should be okay. F.A. with super chat number two from the top rope. So he's going both elbows, right? Thank you, bro. Seriously. Um, he says, by the way, you guys are awesome, including Scott in the background. Trust the process. Sean Michaels was my guy. LOL. I know the name. I know that that's a guy, Zach, that was a wrestler, but I don't know who he is or anything about him. But uh, F.A., thanks for bringing up that obscure uh, World Wrestling Federation knowledge. Oh, look, Scott says, I'm even older, F.A. You're coming off the top rope like Superfly Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> we need the Generation X in here because that's where the uh, that was the tag team that Shawn Michaels was a part of. Really, yeah, Scott just did the, the move. Really quickly, though, I'll get to back to football for a second, F.A., to answer. You know, you're, you're so generous. I feel like I owe you a, more of a response. The next Evero, it's a great point you make, the young up-and-coming coaches. I think they already have the next Evero, and they've had the next Evero, and that's Christian Parker. To build the coaching staff that Sean Payton did and get the names like I mentioned and have that blend of experience and youth while also retaining Christian Parker and Marcus Dixon, I think were very solid moves. So aside from VJ, I'm actually really encouraged. Phil McLaughlin, we'll go over it, guys, the, the Broncos' uh, official hires. Most of you probably know the majority of those, but there might be some of you that go, oh, we hired that guy? Phil, though, we're, we're going to grab Phil. Appreciate your brother on Facebook representing down in Tucson says, Evening Priest and Deacon Scott, I'm tired of all the shame being thrown at Wilson. Uh, the the Wilson bashing uh, makes news, I guess. It's just a, a shame. Sounds like Fox News, LOL, MHH for life. Buck him. Yeah, it's just noise, you know, unfortunately. Like Russell Wilson, I don't know. Maybe he felt like he had to respond. But don't feed the trolls. You know what I mean? Like it's it's almost like a trollish type of, type of article. Now, if you would have gotten uh, – someone on the record willing to share their name on the subject, then I'd be like sitting. Never, never happens. Yo, what? Okay. Well, even still, even if we were to take the report 100% at face value and assume every word typed into that was true. Who cares? It's in the books. We're a year and some change into the future. Now, what does it matter for Denver Broncos fans? It doesn't. So Taylor, Thank you, bro, for the super chats. Great to see you. He says, even with VJ hired, we have to believe in Peyton. Yeah. Hashtag in Peyton, we trust. And then Marcus Lewis, Hennezak across the pond, throwing down some stars. Thank you, bro. He says, hey, guys, love and respect to you both and all Broncos. Go Broncos forever. Appreciate that. And Lawrence uh, Rivera also getting in on the stars action. It's a flurry of activity, which we really appreciate. He's saying it's because the media is enjoying the Peyton fail. What do you think, Zach? The George Peyton fail or the Sean Peyton fail? I'm assuming George. I don't know how much of a media target that George Peyton is. I can see Russ being that. But, you know, 
when he gets down into his him as a person, him mentally, his wife, his family, it's just way beyond the line, way beyond the scope. The the unfortunate thing is the only way for us to shut up the critics is to play good or play better. And unfortunately, in his first year, he didn't do any of that. And all it did was make that firestorm of criticism burn hotter and birth these hit pieces, Chad, that have no credibility and don't hold up at all. I don't believe anything I'm reading. And I suggest that no one else does either when it comes to anonymous sources. And like you said, no one putting their name on anything. Why wasn't this reported last February? Why sit on that story for a whole year? Why now? You have to ask yourself these questions. I mean, and so much of it, I'll, I'll echo what Scott said. I wrote about this in the article uh, about Russell Wilson's response to this recent report. It's basically just regurgitating. 90% of the article is regurgitating that hit piece that came out on the doorstep of the regular season. Yeah. Remember that from ESPN? The only new information or unique to this story anyway was some of the some of the stuff we got feedback on his season in in Denver from former coaches and a few players and whatnot but anyway Tom brother appreciate you big dog he says guys am I the only one that would rather pay four million a year for Cam Fleming than 16 a year for Mike McGlinchey pay for a center and guard the right tackle market is slim well it's top heavy I wouldn't say that it's slim Tom I feel what you're trying to say but I would say it's top heavy so once you get past the McGarry's McGlinchey's and Taylor's then it narrows you know in terms of quality quite a bit but if you could solve that position I mean McGlinchey's been a set and forget guy so has Taylor I'm not quite as versed on McGarry's full resume uh, but those two guys they're set and forget Juwan James has never been never was before the Broncos paid him um, with the distant sound of a whoopee cushion happening somewhere in the Mile High City when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He was never a guy that you could set and forget. His biggest thing was uh, still even there in Miami as a former first round pick was injury problems, keeping him out of the lineup. But uh, what's your thought, Zach, on the idea of, hey, just throw some money at Cam Fleming, keep him around. And if you're going to spend, spend inside on the O-line. You know, y'all know my thoughts on this. It, you know, you can go that direction. It depends on the price you're putting on Russ's protection and how good you want the offensive line to be. I happen to think the game is won and lost in the trenches, and the Broncos have far neglected spending money at those spots. You know, you can draft a Cushionberry, you can draft a Reisner, you can get by with a Cam Fleming, but why? Why do that? Why pay Russ $245 million? Why pay Sean Payton $18 million a year? Why give up all those first-round picks if you're going to settle for mediocrity, if that, on the right side of your line? And also, why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't they sign McGlinchey and sign a guard? Why can't they sign McGlinchey and sign a center? It, it can all be done. The Broncos will have the money to do it. But bringing back Fleming and passing up a premier elite set and forget, like you mentioned, right tackle and McGlinchey, that's a personal preference that I don't personally agree with. Troy, 
Thank you for jumping in. Appreciate your support, my friend. He says, I can't get to next season fast enough. I feel you. But it'll be here before you know it. You know how it goes. Uh, we got some cool watershed moments to look forward to on the offseason calendar, including free agency in the draft. Still left to go. Um, so that'll have to get us by till then. But thank you, Troy. It's great to see you, bud. Um, okay, Scott, I know we have a few other supers uh, lined up, but I just want to – one? Oh. Wow, Renardo. Big one. Renardo. Jeez. Thank you, Renardo. Throwing down with authority. That's a hats off super chat. Thank you, bro. Love it. Appreciate you so much, Renardo. Helping us. Helps us, big dog. He says, good night, priests. Just signing on. I am starting to come around to VJ after hearing Chris Harris's thoughts on him. Good point. That was a good story. I know Keith uh, Cummings had the write-up for us at milehuddle.com. says, I know Chris is a straight shooter, and he said some good things about him. Yeah, I can pull that up, um, Zach, what, what Harris said. But long story short, I'll just, I'll just distill it for those of you who missed it. He basically said, VJ was – I liked playing for VJ. I liked VJ. VJ is going to be great for the Broncos, and he's especially going to be great for Patrick Sertan. That's the uh, Cliff Notes version of what he said. But your thoughts for Renardo's generosity and, and his topic. Your generosity is truly remarkable, Renardo. Thank you so much. You're quickly rising up the boards and being so, so generous uh, each and every podcast. So we definitely humbly thank you for that. Um, it I I don't want to crap too much on the sentiment, but this is the same Chris Harris Jr. whose play fell off a cliff under VJ. The same Chris Harris Jr. who was blaming everyone around him when he blew a coverage, Chad, under VJ and under Joe Woods. I... I guess if we're looking for things to give us hope and excitement about VJ, his former player going to bat would qualify, but I'm going to have to believe it when I see it. All he's coached, and it's on paper, this is the result, this is the stats, all he's coached in his tenure, in his NFL lifetime, have been middling defenses, no better than top 12. I want to see with the foundation he's inheriting and the success that Everall left behind, I expect a top 10 defense. We'll see if, if he can you do take it. This doesn't count his two years as Denver Broncos head coach, but just as a coordinator, one year in Miami, four years in Arizona, total of five years, his defenses average, when it comes to scoring, 18th best in the NFL. So when Zach says middle of the road, it doesn't get much more middle of the road than that. So it's hard to debate that particular uh, assertion on the part of my partner here. Um, Zach, there is a couple things I want to get to real quick, and I know there are a few others. Hang tight. When we talk about, I'm going to flip the script back to Russell Wilson and the, uh, you know, the the hit piece and the hate that continues to spew out of different NFL media sources. Thomas Hall, who does a great job, of course, you know, hosts his own show Friday mornings, Legends a Mile High. Now also co-host of Mile High Insiders Wednesday nights and the newest show, Orange and Blue View on Saturday nights with Ron White, his specialty is analytics. And it's not just like, you know, going into pro football focus and interpreting their data and, you know, helping us understand what some of it means. Although he does that kind of stuff from time to time. More so what he does is his own analytics and he leans on pro football reference, which is basically the all-time encyclopedia for all things NFL statistics, win-loss, all that stuff. And it was interesting because he published an article today, Zach. I want to get your thoughts on this. That uh, the headline is similar to the one for the show. History is hinting at a coming Russell Wilson revenge tour. And he predicts a comeback 
being not too improbable because, quote, Wilson's sudden drop-off last season and then a return to form has happened many other times in NFL uh, canon from great quarterbacks of the past. And he says, make no mistake, Wilson established himself as a great quarterback. Bear with me. He says, quote, Tom writes, Wilson is one of only 35 quarterbacks since 1945 to produce at least four era-adjusted seasons that were in the 80th percentile. All right. Almost all of those quarterbacks who did the same thing and are uh, are also eligible for the Hall of Fame. They're going to have a bronze statue uh, or they do already. That's quite a distinction. Then he goes on. One last thing. Of those 35 quarterbacks, more than a third of them had a significant drop off in play in the middle to late eras of their respective careers, only to have a significant bounce back for four of those quarterbacks. They had an, it had an incredible slingshot effect. They ended up having the best seasons of their respective careers and some of the greatest quarterback campaigns of all time. And then the last thing he says here, Wilson is likely to return to form. The Broncos were a mess last year, to say it bluntly. The team was riddled with injuries, had an incoherent offensive scheme, and a head coach that was so far in over his head he could go down in history as the worst head coach ever for the club. Wilson's return to form could be triumphant and it could quite possibly be a historic turnaround like some of the Hall of Famers of old. And of course, Zach, he leans heavily on also the fact that Sean Payton's downtown. I don't think it's why it's so why it's so crazy. I don't understand why people push back against the notion that maybe he'll never put up Mahomes numbers again or he never really did. He'll never be the elite Russ of 10 years ago, but he could still be a very, very serviceable you know, solid quarterback. This is the same guy that's two years removed in 2020 from throwing for 4,200 yards and 40 touchdowns. Those kind of players and that kind of talent doesn't just go away overnight. And if you break it down last year, look at the upswing that Russ experienced after Nathaniel Hackett was fired and um, a new scheme was put in place. He had three passing touchdowns in the finale. He only did that one other time this season, by the way, and that was against Kansas City. He also had two rushing touchdowns against the uh, the Chiefs, by the way. He hadn't done that all season. So his best came out toward the end of the year. His best came out when the Broncos took the cancer out of the equation and allowed the medicine to flow through and the healing to begin. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Nathaniel Hackett was a giant cancer in the locker room to the effect of the team and most importantly with the effect of Russell Wilson. Under Sean Payton's guidance, why is it wild to think that Russ can go back to averaging two passing touchdowns a game, 250 yards, and getting maybe back to that level we saw in 2020? And it's not even just so much about, oh, Hackett was just this completely, uh, you know, incompetent buffoon, although he was incompetent. It's that he made some very bad decisions in terms of allowing too much co-authoring and, and bending the knee too much to not only Russell Wilson, but other veterans in the on the roster instead of just saying, this is what this is my team. This is what we do. You're going to fall in line. And he ended up digging his own grave. Tom, number two tonight. Thank you, bro. He says, I want a right tackle, but I don't want to overpay just because we need one. I don't want this to be Jawan James uh, 2.0. Not too many teams in the league have 40 million per year on both of their starting tackles. Yeah, usually when you see like really good, a team with a good pair of tackles in the starting lineup, one's a well-paid vet. The other one's like a recent draft pick still on his rookie contract uh, more often than not, but I'm not as afraid of that. It depends on who the player is. I get it. 
everyone's still pretty traumatized from from Jawan James, but um, you know Menelik Watts and some of the other names. But uh, you got to solve it somehow. And the Broncos don't have the arrows this time around, guys, to throw at the dartboard in the draft. I mean, they'll have a few shots. Obviously, they've got a couple of third round picks and whatnot. But like counting on one of those, if if you got an offensive lineman you love, there, tackle it in the third round pick, sixty seven or sixty eight. Zach, counting on him to be ready to start for your team, to me, would be more, um, you know, misguided than spending that money on a proven vet at this stage. You know what other teams don't have as well, including the Broncos? That's John Elway as GM. I don't think we have to worry about Juwan James 2.0 because that contract was terrible and Elway had no business cutting that deal. If they do pay for a tackle like McGlinchey or McGarry or Juwan Taylor, it'll be a reasonable contract structured by a reasonable general manager, but you got to keep swinging. You can't have PTSD. You can't not ever pay a premier tackle or blocker again, because you failed in the past. You have a very unique situation. It's year two of Russell Wilson year one of Sean Payton. You have to set the foundation solidly before you can expect any hope outside of it well said Wero jumping in what's up brother another one of our favorites another one of our personal favorite youtube profile picks representing the mhh love you big dog he says if i hear vj say great week of practice even once before he proves himself as defensive coordinator i'm gonna snap hoping for the best though hashtag bucket that's with the B YouTube bucket. Love it. Thanks, Wero. Yeah, we like to clown on the great week of practice, but to be honest, I'm far from a VJ apologist, but he was a head coach. He was obviously new. He was inexperienced, very green. It's a hard job to manage an entire NFL team, not just one side of the ball. I don't think we'll be hearing that expression from VJ this time around. We got Phil McLaughlin throwing down some big boy stars. Love it. Thank you so much, brother. Another one of our great hashtag state of being members of this community. He says, guys, what do you think about KJ Henry or Isaiah Foskey? Both intriguing players. Uh, Zach, the Broncos need some edge. I don't know really how, what the, what the odds are of either of those guys being there when the Broncos go on the clock for sure. Um, but I like both guys and especially what I've seen from Foskey. I'm not as versed on Henry, um, but Foskey yeah, he's got some he's got some juice. What are your thoughts? I, I want to see what VJ decides uh, with Baron Browning first and foremost. Is he keeping him at outside linebacker, inside linebacker, moving him back there? Uh, what is he doing? Because that'll answer, I think, where the Broncos go in the draft. And I realize they're needed edge, and I think both players are good. But if they don't overspend for McGlinchey or if they just settle for a Fleming, they're high draft picks, the ones they have remaining, they have to go toward the offensive line. Maybe I'm being stubborn. Maybe I'm being bullheaded, but that position has to come first. Depends really on what happens in free agency. And that's one of the great things about how the NFL calendar uh, is structured is, you know, you get to, to swing at the plate in free agency first. And we all know the, you know, NFL clubs are mostly guided by the ethos of using the free agency and cap dollars pardon me, to fill immediate holes on the roster, which then puts them in position in the draft to not be desperate, not have that color, their perception, their analysis. And, you know, in a perfect world, draft the best player available without any 
real concern or demand for them playing right away and contributing right away. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. I think, for me, the biggest positions that need to be focused on uh, for the Broncos are O-line. Edge is right behind it, though. So you got to balance those two things. We'll see. John, a.k.a. D-Generation X, jumping in with a generous super chat. He says, you ask and you shall receive, LOL. Broncos country, are you ready to listen to the greatest podcast on our Denver Broncos? He uses a voice to text, okay, uh, with our priest Chad Jensen, Zach Kelman. And if you're down with that, you can just buck him. Buck him one way or another, Zach, with a B. Buck him. Yeah, buck him hard. Um, the debate about the edge versus tackle, here's the thing that I think ends that debate. They have, the Broncos do, and you can judge for yourself the, the, you know, the impact of these players, but they have Gregory, they have Baron Browning, and you drafted Nick Benito. You don't have a right tackle under contract for 2023. Calvin Anderson's a free agent. Billy Turner's a free agent. Cam Fleming's a free agent. You, if it's one or the other, you have to address right tackle first. And if they do that, if they pay for McGlinchey, Juwan Taylor, et cetera, et cetera, I'm okay with going edge. But edge cannot come before right tackle simply because you don't have a player there at the present moment. Appreciate you, John. F.A. jumping in again. What? Bro. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Thank you, bud. He says, the owners are competitive. They will get it right. They were super pissed they lost to the Rams. That ugly Christmas Day debacle. Apparently, uh, Kroenke and the Waltons are cousins. Maybe that's why Hackett got fired. LOL. I am like the Undertaker. Okay, I will stop with <laughs> wrestling. Um, yeah, they were pissed. It was embarrassing. I mean, they Hackett was already cruising for the unemployment line. They were going to play it classy, though, and wait till the season was over and then fire him. That's been done many, many times in NFL history, Zach. What's only been done twice, and Hackett was number two, was a head coach in the Super Bowl era being fired, not at the end of the season, but during his first season. And at least with Hackett, it came, you know, with two games to spare or whatever, but it's still an ignominious distinction. And that's why this ownership group, they went, health you know high water to get a we talk about a set and forget right tackle blah 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 that kind of a coach and not just a coach that you can trust to raise all the ships but what's the most important one of those ships quarterback and especially for the broncos where they have so much sunk into the investment of russell wilson in order for this team to even come close to reaching its potential it starts with russell wilson and there wasn't a better coach on the market to see that come to fruition than Sean Payton. First of all, thank you so much, F.A. You are the man each and every night. Uh, second of all, Hackett's firing was preceded by something I've never seen before, and that was the starting guard fighting the backup quarterback on the sidelines. When things devolve to that nature, you can't wait any longer, and I commend, and I still do, I did back then, the ownership group for stepping in and taking control of the situation. I really... And a lot of people disagree, but I really like what Greg Penner has done, assuming the power without being too much, without being a Daniel Snyder, without being a Jerry Jones. He has, you know, exertion of that influence, but it's not micromanaging anyone or inhibiting anyone from doing their jobs. And then the ultimate flex is dropping 400000 on a new field for one game in the season finale. I mean, that's a nice perk to have when you're an NFL franchise. Money. Alexander, thank you for the super chat, big dog. He says, until they figure out their O-line, who should the Broncos select for a backup quarterback? He says, he says, my two cents, 
Gardner Minshew. Look, for a backup, I don't hate the idea of a Gardner Minshew coming in and being your failsafe. The Broncos definitely, Zach, have to upgrade that, not just because, uh, you know, Russell Wilson missed, was it two starts last year, I want to say, because of the injury bug. But, you know, he's getting up there. He is getting a little bit older. And those of you who uh, are no longer in your 20s can attest to, the older you get, whether you catch a bug or you injure yourself or you have to have a surgery, the longer it takes to recover. So Russ is up there in the mid-30s. Make sure you have a decent fail-safe. Zach, I kind of know your thoughts on Gardner Minshew, but break it down. (laughs) Well, that's the thing about Russ as well that I wanted to say earlier. He had his best games the last couple of weeks of the season, and it gave us hope. And he did that after battling through three separate injuries over the course of the year. The lap, the hamstring, and the concussion. So I I don't know what more you can reasonably expect, but he ended the year on an upswing, and I think that gives us hope. In terms of a backup, I got two names. I don't like Gardner Minshew. I think he's incredibly overrated. I don't understand the cult following. Jacoby Brissett, number one, and Taylor Heineke, number two. I'd be really happy with either of them. Brissett, you'd have to spend a little bit, though. I'm not talking tier one quarterback money, obviously, but like tier one backup money. So that's something you'd have to consider, too. Do you want to spend that kind of money on a backup? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you can draft one and hope that Peyton and Joe Lombardi develop them, but you got to get a fail safe just in case Russell Wilson gets hurt again or he doesn't go back to that level. You have to have someone that can step in and at least keep you competitive. And Jacoby Brissett did that in Cleveland. I was impressed. Yeah, I was too, man. Every, every stop he lands at, I'm impressed by Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Josh Packer. What's up, dude. Thanks for the support being with us tonight. He says defense is solid. I feel the offense will be much improved, but the third phase is special teams. And that has killed us the last five years. Can it be fixed? A McMoney cap cut? Uh, well, that Sean Payton brought adults to the room on special teams. The guy he hired to be his assistant head coach is not technically the special teams coordinator, Mike Westhoff, but he oversees it. The coordinator is Ben Kot- Kotwicka. Ben Kotwicka. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pronounce his name. I haven't seen a solid pronunciation um, recommendation on that yet, but both these guys have some skins on the wall. All right, so you're not hiring a first-timer uh, like Dwayne Stukes or uh, Brock Olivo. Who is the guy in between those two? I'm, I'm, Tom McMahon. Uh, oh, yeah, hello. The legend. Tom McMahon. <laughs> Tom McMahon, look, it's really weird because Tom McMahon has a stellar reputation around the NFL as a special teams guy. And if you look at his resume pre-Denver, it was mostly skins on the wall. For whatever reason, he did not succeed with his whole program in Denver but uh I've always scratched my head on that but that's ancient history future now is Mike Westhoff Ben Kotwicka and I don't worry so much about the special teams they still got things to prove it's a new NFL city it's new collection of players but these are guys Sean Payton trusts and one of them he made basically his top lieutenant Yeah, and also uh, Chris Banjo, the former safety, has come out of retirement to be an assistant special teams coach under Kotwicka and working uh, side-by-side with uh, Mike Westhoff as well. So you want – I mentioned this about Rossberg. If you liked him, if you liked what he did last year for the – the stability of the team and the special teams, you're going to really like Mike Westhoff. He is no joke about it, a bona fide coaching legend. And it seems like, Chad, where the Broncos – 
they failed on special teams and at head coach last year and offense, obviously, because they had inexperience. And I feel like smartly they over course corrected and George Payton and Greg Penner went out and found two of the most experienced coaches they could to fill head coach and special teams. So they're in much better hands now. McManus, take him or leave him. I would get I would maybe look to see if I can move on because he's not justifying the contract that he has. I would also look to find a new punter as well because they were way too inconsistent in that department. Chad Beach throwing down some stars. Awesome, brother. Uh, he says, Evening fellows in Broncos country with J dub gonna be uh, uh Javante Williams, that is going to be out early on. Who do you see us getting at running back to hold it down? Didn't have enough room to write it out. MHH, uh, Denver Rocks for Life, Buckham, and BTG. Heck yeah, dude. Bridge the gap indeed. Appreciate you, Chad. Um, running backs. Zach, I think just based on how he performed last year, Latavius Murray had a good chance of get, getting a, at least a one-year deal to come back. Then you throw in that Sean Payton, who you coached him back in the day with New Orleans and has talked about him quite a lot since – um, taking over the the mantle in Denver. I think it's a pretty f- safe bet to assume the Broncos will at least try to bring Latavius Murray back. But what do you see uh, on that topic and maybe even beyond Latavius Murray at running back? Remember, we have the comment about saving some money at right tackle and just bringing back Cam Fleming. I'm willing to do that at running back. I would save some money and not overpay for a Miles Sanders or a Tony Pollard and bring back Murray, draft a running back, and hope that Javante gets healthy in time for the season. Even if he's not, even if it takes until midseason, he's on PUP or IR. Latavius can hold it down. He's reliable. He's not, you know, Jamal Charles, Chris Johnson in his prime, but he'll get you solid yards. He won't fumble the ball. And then you maybe have a couple young running backs you can uh, call up and spell him. So I really wouldn't devote a ton of resources into a devalued position, even with Williams injury withstanding. Well said. Um, okay. We have, what are we at? We're at 46 minutes. We got a few comments, stars and supers to, to get to. Uh, PJ Revis jumping in. Appreciate you, bro. Says, hey, guys, just like you, I'm fed up with the Wilson bashing. Revenge tour is the only way to silence. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, PJ, for the support. And it really is. You know, that's that's the rub, right, is you want to silence all this. You want to interrupt this momentum that is against you. you got to go out there and do it on the field. And again, you know, we talk about Sean Payton coming in and upgrading and, and lifting everything. I I do expect that to happen. If for no other reason, I mean, even if we put Payton aside in his resume with quarterbacks, just set it aside for a second. When you removed the coach who was just letting the players kind of run amok from the equation and a coach came in who, let's face it, uh, for Jerry, Zach, no one knew who this guy was. All right. This guy was, however, a base level competent NFL manager of people NFL coach he came in said this is wrong this is wrong that's wrong this guy goes this guy goes all right let's let's get this at least kind of leveled out here and what happened it was night and day difference just for the offense so if a guy like Jerry Rosberg can come in and in a matter of two weeks go this was bucked up this was bucked up (laughs) you know buck this buck that then imagine what Sean Payton might be able to do. 
And I say, you know, buck the haters, let them hate. It might seem like we're just throwing out cliches and and slogans, but it's the truth. I I don't even, I'm not so even fed up anymore. I was fed up in like October. Now it's like another day, another Russell Wilson hit piece, like, uh, you know, yawning. It's, it's, It's old now, it's played out. But what the premise is that's true here is the only way it's going to stop that Russ can control is by playing better and the Broncos winning games. I think they will. Uh, he thinks they will. We all have some sort of optimism for that and we'll have to just ride it out until then. Lawrence says, I like VJ as a hire from the choices. In other words, from what options they had, but I still would have had DeMarcus Ware instead as a defensive coordinator. I mean, Ware has shown some interest in coaching on a consultant level. Like that means part time in the in the preseason. But to ask him to come in and be a coordinator, first of all, even if he wanted to be, even if he was sending out resumes and and leaning on all of his NFL contacts, saying, "Hey, think of your boy. I want to be a coach now." Mr. Hall of Famer himself, which was so rad to see Demarcus Ware mm-hmm. get in the hall. Um, no one's going to hire him as a defensive coordinator, Lawrence, just for what it's worth. He's going to have to work his way up a little bit, right? He's going to have to pay uh, some dues a little bit before you give him uh, defensive coordinator even consideration. But I still feel you. I love DeMarcus Ware, dude. It's all good. Yeah, Scott says, who does DeMarcus Ware think he is? Jeff Saturday. <laughs> Scott cracks me up, man. His reactions, his comments, it really is funny. And it's it's true as well. I mean, you can't force DeMarcus Ware to be a coordinator. I don't. I haven't heard him expressing interest in that role. I certainly, like you said, Chad, he would start off as a positional coach or an assistant, and then work your way from there. Um, hopefully, VJ is uh, okay though. Look, if Demarcus Ware, he's he's one of these guys. If he chooses to do something, he's going to be one of the best at what he does. So, if Demarcus Ware said, "I want to be an NFL coach," it would take him some time, but it would be a short matter, I think, of time for him to succeed in that endeavor. That's just the kind of guy he is. Um, Tom, bro, thanks again throwing down. He says, I really think Broncos could get good draft capital for Cortland Sutton. Jacoby Myers is the best free agent wide receiver. He will get more than Sutton makes currently, he's saying, on his contract. What would you guess, Zach, best estimate? George Payton's picking up the phone, testing the the waters on the trade block for the services of one Cortland Sutton. Because here's one thing I'll throw into this: his last two years, coming back from that knee, he's been he's produced like average level NFL wide receiver production. Okay, but that contract, all it takes is that one team to go. We've seen what he can do in our system. We we he could blossom, and for a quote unquote number one X wide receiver, he's not making what people would perceive to be uh you know market money or whatever so it's a favorable contract in other words if there's a team out there that likes them some Cortland Sutton so what would he be worth it's tough you know I I look at all the factors and I take everything into consideration he's going to be 28 in October so not a spring chicken but not super old the contract is reasonable, but he also has the ACL that he came off of. And if you watch the tape, we're not the only ones that notice it. He has, I think, um, uh, not commitment issues. I can't think of the word. He's like not going for the ball as like he used to, Chad. He doesn't have the same tenacity anymore. He doesn't have right. the same passion for the game, the same drive on the field. It's no longer 80-20 balls. They're back to being 50-50. So maybe a conditional third at best 
you'd be getting for Cortland Sutton. And by then, at that point, that's diminishing returns. I'd rather have Sutton on the roster and hope right. that Sean Payton can unlock his uh, pre-injury potential. I agree with that. The only the only thing I would throw into that is if, and it would be like a surprise, if you were able to get a second-round pick for Cortland Sutton, I wouldn't even think twice. I would do it. But I don't think that's going to happen. I agree with you. But, Zach, we're out of time. We're caught up on all our great supporters. Let's uh, Let's get on out of here. Don't leave quite yet, guys. A few messages for you. Another great show. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for interacting with us. Uh, that was the Mile High Huddle Podcast. If you're not doing so, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad's at Chad and Jensen. I'm at Kelberman NFL. And Scott, our producer, is at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some new Buckham with a B merchandise, we got women's t-shirts. We got coffee mugs. We got men's t-shirts. We got a lot of cool things mhhmerch.com check it out and get your merch on when you can if you have it as well go to facebook.com slash pod be sure you're liking that page and following that page also guys and gals go to apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-say five-star review for a chance to get your hands on some of that sweet sweet buckham gear each and every month but if anything please subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel it really helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you. By the way, guys, on the subject, and thank you, Mike. Love you, big dog. On the subject of Apple Podcasts, we know that most of you that are in the room with us right now live, you don't listen on Apple Podcasts unless maybe you miss a show or something, right? Um, but we are behind the eight ball on, in the month of February on five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you're an Apple user, do your boys a solid. Open up that app on, on your phone. Find the mile high huddle podcast on apple podcast and give us that review you get a little something out of it in the sense that hey you get a chance to win some some mhh swag but it also helps us out a ton so please if you if you've got an apple uh device take care of that and then yes we've got a few different designs that are up on mhhmerch.com all right that revolve around the buckham thing that you guys love so go check that out when you get some time and then hey we also put a link to the to the ladies' tea uh, in the chat. Before we dip, shout out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight. Gary Palmer, the Duchess, Michaela Parker, David Kilgore, David McElrath, Taylor Christensen, Tom Lackhoff, F.A., love you, big dog, Renardo, legend, Wero, legend, John, Degeneration X, bro, thank you, uh, Alexander Miles, much love and respect. And then on Facebook, everyone going off tonight, Phil McLaughlin, dude. Top Rope, thank you, bro. Michael Ronquillo, Lawrence Rivera, Josh Packer, PJ Rivas, Chad Beach, Troy Morris, and Keith Brugman. I, I don't know that we we caught a Keith comment, but uh, we're about out of time, so we got to go. But Keith, we'll make it up to you, big dog. Much love and respect, guys. We'll see you tomorrow night. Have a great ending to your weekend. Start to your week. See you tomorrow night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.